0: Hey everybody and welcome to Coach's Corner. Just a reminder that every Wednesday is when I put up the live life coaching sessions. Those sessions are always numbered by an episode like last week was episode 103 with Jane. It was about a millennial who was failing to launch basically a 28-year-old that was still living at home. And every Saturday, I put up these Coach's Corner episodes. And these are the episodes where I interview an amazing thought leader, or I answer listener emails, or I put up a meditation or kind of whatever I, I feel like. So no, you can always count on the live life coaching episodes on Wednesdays, and those are always numbered. And then every Saturday, you get a coach's corner that we call CCs, and that varies from week to week. And this week, I am thrilled to be bringing you someone who is a dear friend and a business partner of mine and a mentor. I adore this man. His name is Mark Sisson, and he is one of the top Thought leaders when it comes to health. He's been in the world of health and nutrition and fitness for decades. He's one of the leading authorities in really what it takes to have a lifestyle that gives you optimal results in all aspects of your life. Mark is the author of a number one best selling health book on Amazon.com, The Primal Blueprint, as well as the Primal Blueprint Cookbook and the top rated health and fitness blog, Mark's Daily Apple. He is also the founder of Primal Nutrition, a company devoted to health education and designing state-of-the-art supplements that address the challenges of living in the modern world. He also just started a food company called Primal Kitchen where, oh my gosh, he talks about it in the interview, you can get like the best mayonnaise. And even if you don't like mayonnaise, you will love his mayonnaise and salad dressing and bars. And I love his collagen protein powder. And oh my gosh, it's all so good check all of that out at primalblueprint.com. Also, I mentioned Mark and I are partners on something. And like I said, he's been a longtime friend and mentor. I actually met him because his beautiful wife, Carrie, and I went to the same grad school. She was in my class back in 2006, where I got my master's degree in spiritual psychology uh, from the University of Santa Monica. And she would have these girls' days up at her house and me and a bunch of girls would go and you know, they'd be hanging out by the pool and I'd hang out with the girls, but I'd always see Mark in the house working on stuff. And one day we just started talking about business and being an entrepreneur and he started giving me business advice and we just kept in touch and would occasionally have a lunch and talk business. And then as he was launching his Primal Health coach certification program where he trains people how to be health coaches using the Primal Blueprint model, he reached out to me about coming on and being the master coach for that program. So in the program, I actually teach the teachers how to coach and how to build a career as a successful coach. And Mark and his team teach them all the the science about the Primal Blueprint and the Primal Lifestyle and everything like that. So if you're interested in that, you can check it out at Primal healthcoach.com. This is a a longer interview because Mark is so freaking smart and there were so many things I wanted to ask him. So get ready to get a ton of information, to have some of your belief systems busted, and to get some really simple and easy tips that you can start to employ right now to feel better in your life and have better health. Enjoy my talk with my friend, Mark Sisson. Mark, I am so psyched to have you on Coach's Corner.
1: I am so psyched to be here.
0: Thank you. It's always fun to play with you and talk with you, and I always learn so
1: much from you.
0: You are definitely a thought leader in the field of health and human optimization, two things I like to nerd out about, and I know a lot of our listeners like to learn about as well. And You've been in the field for a while now and have definitely become an expert and have started really a movement. You're, the the primal brand really has turned into a, a lifestyle for so many people. So I just want to back up and ask you, why are you so passionate about health? Why has this become your life's work?
1: Well, you know, it started out because I was always uh passionate about my own health. And uh, at an early age, started reading about longevity and health. I mean, like a bizarrely early age, like 11 or 12, I started uh, reading books on uh, diet and exercise and fitness, and you know Jack Lalanne was on TV. Um, he was sort of a mid-morning kind of guru for fitness, and Adele Davis was writing on diet, and 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 then Ken Cooper started writing about aerobic endurance and and its effect on cardiac health. So I I got early clues into what it might take to be healthy and live a long life. And over the years, while I dabbled in endurance sports and became actually pretty good at it, um, compromised my health to the extent that I couldn't really compete at a high level anymore because of the steps that I'd taken to improve my performance that had actually compromised my health. Mm. Um, Did a pivot about uh, at the age of about 28 or 29 and said, geez, this just isn't working. I wanted to be healthy and I wanted to uh, dedicate the rest of my life to figuring out ways in which I could – I, I hate to use the word shortcuts but it's pretty what pretty much what they are uh, it turns out we use them we use the term hacks today right but right. um but you know finding out the ways in which the body responds to exercise and diet and and supplements and sleep and sun exposure and play and using your brain in ways that cause our genes to rebuild us renew us regenerate us recreate us um in the way that we want you know that I know your group within the coaching world we talk about manifesting you know, your reality. And that's what our genes do when we give our genes the right input. So I've kind of dedicated my life to health in that way, but it's kind of, it's also selfish. It's my own health that leads the way. Mm -hmm. And then I suggest that everyone should have as their first job, uh, being healthy. You know, if you're a, if you're a business leader, you can't perform effectively if you're not healthy. If you're a mom and you've got kids, you can't perform your, your tasks and activities if you're not healthy. If you have people depending on you, if you are single and living alone and have no one to take care of you, it is your job to be healthy first and foremost. So that thing you do where you clock in at eight o'clock or nine o'clock and go home at five, that's kind of almost secondary to your first primary job, which is to remain healthy, Mm -hmm.
0: I think. I, I, I agree. And I think we take our health for granted until we suffer from some kind of condition. And then it's like, oh wow, (laughs) I really need to get this in check. And I would hate for people to have to have a condition or have a health concern to start to optimize their health. So what are some of the things that are the biggest myths about health out there right now? Because what I'm learning is that so many of the things that we've been taught are actually not that true and, and don't contribute to a healthy lifestyle. So one of the things that you're really good at is busting these myths, like exercising for long periods of time is great, or eating according to the food pyramid is going to keep you healthy. Can you can we bust some of these myths that a lot of us have bought into because that's all we've been told?
1: Yeah, and it gets it's a long list of uh, bizarre revelations over the years of things that we assume to be true about health and fitness that are, um, in many cases, not only not true. They're diametrically opposed to what the research currently suggests. So one of those would be that fat and cholesterol are the proximate cause of heart disease. For the longest time, we looked at um, a low-fat diet as the optimal diet and avoided fat pretty much at all cost uh, based on the recommendations of the governmental agencies, the American Heart Association, the American Diabetes Association, and so on, uh, even the American uh, Cancer Society. And It turns out that research proves that fat and even saturated fat are not that bad for us uh, within obviously moderate uh, intakes Uh, and that the dietary cholesterol that you consume doesn't necessarily manifest itself in the cholesterol that that builds up on the lining of your arteries. It's oxidation and inflammation that are the real culprits here uh, and in ways in which we can improve our uh, health by paying attention to inflammation would be to cut back on um, grains, to cut back on sugars, to cut back on industrial seed oils. These are things we'll talk about a little bit later. But that's kind of the biggest one is that, is that fat is the enemy and, and ought to be avoided at all cost. But you talked about exercise. Uh, it turns out that all the exercise I did in my youth with my intent on living to a ripe old age – May have backfired on me and I now take medication for my heart because I have, uh, I overworked my heart for 30 years, uh, ran it up to max heart rate three or four times a week for those 30 years in an effort to improve my performance. And as a result, have a, uh, a thickened ventricle, which caused scar tissue and then lends itself to, um, some disruption in the innervation of the heartbeat. Uh, I have what we call premature ventricular contractions. It's not life-threatening, but it's annoying, and it's something that, again, I assumed that the more miles I put in as a runner, the healthier I would be, and it turned out not to be the case. Uh, most recently, there's a guy uh, who wrote a book uh, called The Salt Fix, and in it he talks about how our assumption that that salt is the cause of high blood pressure and that we ought to be reducing salt across the board every one of us um is wrong and and the truth is that uh sodium in its purest form is necessary for life and many people are sick as a result of having reduced their sodium intake so much that they uh have an electrolyte imbalance so it's just crazy as you go about looking at all the you know the 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 common wisdom the conventional wisdom the mantras that we had for the last 20 or 30 years. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Well, it's not. I don't eat breakfast at all, and um, and I haven't for 10 years, and I find that I thrive without eating breakfast, so don't, don't try and give me any evidence that it's the most important meal of the day. Um, you know, we should avoid the sun at all costs. Well, no. Sunlight is critically important in manufacturing vitamin D, and if you don't get enough sunlight— your body doesn't—the the cholesterol, the good cholesterol that's in your body doesn't convert into vitamin D, and vitamin D is one of the most important vitamins. It's actually—should uh, be classified as a hormone. It's got such a profound effect on the body, uh, particularly with the immune system. So I've made a suggestion over the years that there may be more people that have cancer as a result of having avoided the sun than have gotten skin cancer from having too much sun. Um, so it's it's—now that— the, the upshot of all of this is it's really frustrating and confusing for a lot of people who, like, who are going like, "Well, wait a minute, I just, I just want to do the right thing. What is the right thing? You know Good question,
0: Mark. What is the right thing?
1: Well, and so, you know, I've been in this uh, health space for a long time, and I have pretty strong opinions, and I have pretty, I think, learned research as to why I have these opinions, and I can back them up what's interesting is in the, well, in the medical field, in the health field in general, uh, in life in general, I suppose, there are no answers. They're just, you know, there's no black and white here. There's no right or wrong. There's no good or bad. They're just choices that we make in our lives. And my job, as I see it, is to give people enough information to make the kind of choices that serve them in the long run. So, you know, you might have a neighbor who's 350 pounds, sitting on a sofa playing video games 14 hours a day, ordering pizza out, drinking lots of soda, but they're on level 75 on that video game (laughs) and they're killing it. And it's like, who are we to suggest that their life sucks? Right? I mean, it's, 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 it. So I took a step back a few years ago with Primal Blueprint and my, all my Primal businesses. And I just kind of refocused on my tagline, which is live awesome i want I want to give people the information that they can use to live an awesome life and and for me that means extracting the greatest amount of enjoyment fulfillment contentment pleasure out of every moment possible and you know in some cases uh in many cases that i think um, has as a a base level you have to be healthy you i mean i don't think you can derive quite as much pleasure out of life if you're ill if you're if you're Thought all day long is focused on pain or on, on misery or on a disability. So I think being healthy is a is a critical component of enjoying life. On the other hand, there are people who are not well who are enjoying life. So, um, you know, again, it, it's it's more of a philosophical thing here. So on Mark's Daily Apple and in my books, I, I, I sort of feel that my job is to put the latest information out there and the research behind it and suggest that, well, if you made these sorts of choices— Perhaps you'd get to that goal that you suggested you you wanted to achieve uh, with a little bit more ease and grace. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And, and your life can be even more awesome than you thought it could be. I think that what we assume our life is going to look like in our 50s, 60s, 70s as we age, it can be more awesome. Because I think we've accepted that as we get older in chronological year, years, our health just has to deteriorate. And that's not necessarily true. That doesn't have to be true. And so much of it depends on how we feed ourselves and exercise on a daily basis. And I wanted to go back and pick up on one thing because you talked about inflammation. And this is something that I think is so important for people to understand because the more I nerd out on health stuff and listen to podcasts and hang out with you, the more I'm seeing that inflammation seems to be the source of most (laughs) A lot of diseases, um, everything from Parkinson's to arthritis, to some kinds of cancer. It, it's it's a big problem in our body. So can you can can you explain a little bit about what inflammation is, what causes it, and what we can do to combat it?
1: Well, the inflammatory response is a natural part of being a mammal. Um, actually, most animals have some inf- inflammation response, and it's it, evolutionarily it is there to provide some short-term relief from an immediate assault. So you've been um, you know, sc- scratched by a saber-toothed tiger or you've stepped on a nettle or you've stubbed your toe or you've broken a bone. Um, the body has these adaptive responses which, which summon all the resources to the task at hand, which is to uh, try and prevent further damage from the area that's been assaulted. Uh, in the case of a sprained ankle, uh, it swells up uh, as the body tries to uh, uh, not only put more blood flow to the area but prevent – it swells up because the body doesn't want you to use that anymore. And so it prevents motion. Mm. Um, red blo- white blood cells convene on the site and uh, begin their process of assessing the damage and taking care of some of the destroyed tissue and literally consuming it, uh, setting up the um, – the resources to build a new lattice work to repair some of the damage. It's a very elegant, intricate process that involves a lot of different um, genetic signaling throughout the body in response to this short-term assault. Now, inflammation uh, can happen uh, acutely and in one place or systemically throughout the body. So what we see happening now in, in our lives is Uh, certain foods that we eat can cause a a reaction throughout the body, a systemic inflammation throughout the body, which might manifest itself in an increase in swelling or edema throughout the body. We retain water. Mm. Uh, Typically, how this might happen is through something we ate, um, interacting with uh, or getting into our bloodstream through a leaked gut, a leaky gut. Some of that has to do with types of foods that we choose to eat, in particular, certain um, offensive, uh, grain products and, and things like that. Uh, but an undigested protein molecule say gets into the bloodstream and then the blood, uh, the the immune system within the bloodstream starts to set up a, an immune response, thinking that this is a a foreign invader, thinking it's a germ or a virus that's Mm. attacked the bloodstream. Uh, and so the natural response of the body is to create this, uh, immune response, which includes, again, uh, in, uh, a swelling, uh, a clustering of uh, white blood cells, the creation of, um, of antibodies to fight uh, and kill the, the perceived offender, which in this case might be an undigested piece of protein, but also might resemble proteins that exist on, say, your uh, pancreas, the beta cells, or might exist in the chondrocytes, in, your, in, uh, in the joints, uh, in which case your body attacks itself. This is mm. an auto autoimmune function where the body starts to um, – doesn't recognize self because of the immune response it's created as a result of some other initiating factor. So we have uh, – and they're all manifestation of these sorts of inflammatory responses. It could be something as, as simple as foods that you're eating like sugar and processed grains that cause a rise in – Inflammation throughout the body, or the excess intake of uh, industrial seed oils, which are high in omega-omega six th- fats, which are pro-inflammatory in nature.
0: Can you just go back because I know you know what those things mean, and I know what they mean too because I have been around you a lot. But <laughs> can you break down yeah. like what, like where sugar exists? And we're not just talking about candy. What processed grains are, and what those "quote unquote" bad oils are?
1: Yeah. So. Sugars, you know, anything that's got added sugar is going to be suspect. You might see sucrose on the label or high fructose corn syrup. And and that's not to say that sugar's bad, but in excessive amounts it can be problematic. Processed grains, this would be flour, wheat flour, barley flour, um, oat flour, corn flour that exist in a lot of products that you might buy in the center aisles of your grocery store.
0: So basically, breads, pastas, muffins, cookies, so bagels—all those things.
1: Yeah, cakes, cookies, bagels, pasta, bread, cereals. Um, I know I'm, I'm probably a lot of your listeners are going, "Oh my god, what can I eat?" But those are pretty offensive foods when you get right down to it. They're they're man-made foods that are just at at best they're just uh, sources of calories that uh, are derived from carbohydrate that convert to glucose pretty quickly in the bloodstream.
0: And offer so very little to no, no nutritional value. No
1: no added nutritional value. Mm-hmm. Um, we can talk about industrial seed oils. This would be saf- uh, corn oil, uh, soybean oil, canola is a, a particularly offensive oil. This,
0: I, this, okay, I, I'm going to get on my soapbox for a second. I cannot believe how much Whole Foods uses canola oil they, by the way, all they, their prepared they foods. They can't,
1: they can't believe it either. Why do they I mean, do this? Um it's you know they're just slow to respond i mean I, you know Ugh. i know a lot of the people at whole foods i know those guys are great they they kind of recognize uh what's going on and yet um as a grocery store they have to cater to the demands of their public and there's there's some people who still think that canola oil is healthy and want it and there are so many of the brands that people know and love that continue to use canola oil in in their products that, um, you know, the, the people at Whole Foods and other health food stores are caught between a rock and a hard place. They, you know, they don't want to completely wipe them off the shelves. They recognize the issue. Um, they, you know, they even use them sometimes uh, in making salad dressings and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's – this is – look, it's it's part of a long-term strategy that, that uh, begins with this fringe group of which I am a part <laughs> – which kind of brings to the attention of a uh, of a select f- number of people who are willing to read the research and understand, but it's a movement that takes a while. It takes it, it'll take another decade to get to the point where uh, the general public starts to understand what's going on with with some of these highly processed oils. Mm. Mm.
0: Okay, so let's talk about what we can do. Let's talk a little bit about the primal blueprint diet and lifestyle so that people can start and and you guys you don't have to take all of this on right away, but just making some small changes like looking at the oils you're ingesting, changing how much sugar you eat, like maybe not having cereal for breakfast, giving up some of those beverages that you drink that are just that are marketed as energy replacers or from natural flavors, Start reading the labels of things and really look at how many calories that come from sugar and carbohydrates and look at the ingredients. And if you can't pronounce ingredients, if you don't know what the heck they are, don't be putting them in your body. That's one of my biggest rules. If I'm reading a label and I don't know what the ingredients are, it's not going in my body. And like Mark said, shop the outer aisles of your grocery store. Avoid the the inner aisles where all the processed foods are. Uh, So back to you, Mark, the, tell us what the primal lifestyle looks like. How can people start making changes to really hack their health?
1: Well, it's not, it's not a, a dogmatic prescribed set of rules. It's more of a template that is, and by the way, it's not all diet. It's, it's based on a lot of different lifestyle factors and it's based on these 10 primal blueprint laws that I came up with about 12 years ago now, uh, that are, in turn based on human history, on what did our hunter-gatherer ancestors do for millions of years or at the very least hundreds of thousands of years uh, to create uh, a a set of genes that we have today that kind of expects us to still be hunter-gatherers. These genes turn on or off in response to signals that we give these genes uh, based on the foods we eat the amount of sleep we get, uh, the types of exercise we choose to do, the amount of sun exposure, the amount of play. Genes are always, always, every minute of every day, every second of every day responding to the signals. So if we can find the kind of signals that they expect to manifest this strong, lean, fit, happy, healthy, productive, loving body, then I think we'll be in general better off. So the template, the Primal Blueprint 10 laws are very simple um, at, at, at base, I mean, eat lots of plants and animals. Um, you know, that's pretty much as opposed to you know breads and pastas and cereals and whatever. Um, avoid poisonous things, and well, that means avoiding sugar and industrial seed oils and you know because our ancestors would have avoided poisonous berries and um, you know and non nutritive uh, plants that were more you know more difficult to, to digest than they than they provided in terms of calories. Um, Move frequently at a slow pace. Our ancestors and our bodies are designed <clears throat> to be constantly in motion. We didn't, for the longest time, we didn't have sofas and desks and even beds to sleep on and cars to drive in. You know, we walked everywhere. We moved around a lot. We did. Uh, we migrated. We foraged. We hunted. If we rested, we basically squatted on our haunches, mm-hmm. uh, and even that's a type of movement. So one of the things that I do for I mean I I'm talking to you right now from my stand up desk where I have a a leaning post and uh, a pebble mat and I'm barefoot on the pebble mat and that's how I conduct business all day long. I never sit at the desk. Um uh, because I feel like um I mean there's a sort of a meme going around the internet sitting is death. I'm, I'm not sure that's
0: Sitting is the new smoking.
1: Sitting is the new smoking exactly. So um, there's a lot to be said for that and about that. So find ways to move around a lot at a slow pace. That doesn't mean go out and run marathons like I used to do. It just means find a way to—in fact, it's not even about burning the calories. It's just about moving. It's just about putting your body through as many planes of motion and ranges of motion as you possibly can throughout the day. Another one, however, is lift heavy things. Once in a while, you got to put those muscles under tension. Again, our ancestors did a lot of stuff like— lugging carcasses back to camp, lifting babies, building, you know, erecting teepees, climbing up onto trees to get a better lookout, rock climbing, things like that, lifting boulders. So our muscles are designed to lift heavy things, not all the time, but but once in a while to give them reason to stay strong and or get stronger, if that's the case. Uh, sprint once in a while. Um, I find that Uh, Most people don't ever get their hearts up to or their effort up to a max level anymore. It's very difficult. You see people at the gym on the treadmill for 45 minutes walking or jogging. That's fine. But every once in a while, um, I'm suggesting you got to sprint. You got to go all out for 10, 15, 30 seconds. And so one of my prescriptive ideas is to find a way to sprint once a week or once every 10 days. And um, for a lot of people you know who can't run anymore or can't go to the track it could be on the bike you know warm up for 10 or 15 minutes and then put the hammer down for 30 seconds on the bike as hard as you can go or on the elliptical or if you can't run on a on a treadmill then put the treadmill on the highest possible elevation you can and go fast and walk fast up the hill there are ways to do it where you get your you know get this all out effort and it stimulates a number of different genetic Upticks that you wouldn't otherwise get. Uh, it, cre- it increases the production of endogenous or natural testosterone, of natural growth hormone. Uh, it has a uh, an effect of drawing down the glycogen in the muscles, so that uh, it improves your insulin sensitivity. For anybody who's you know borderline type two diabetic, um, it's probably. And I, I suggest to people that sprinting is one of the best things you can do for yourself if you can find a way. To do it, and just again once a week. My like tomorrow's my sprint day. I'm going to go to the Malibu high school track, and I'll do a 10 minute warm up, and I'll literally do five or six 200 meter sprints, and then warm down. And I'll be done for the day.
0: So it's not repetitive that you keep your heart rate up. It's it's more those short bursts, five right. or six times that right. that do it.
1: Yep. yep. And you know the number of people I talk to who have incorporated sprinting into their routine. I mean, I've had a saying for the last 20 years, nothing cuts you up like sprinting. You know, nothing t- gets that last level of body fat down, like incorporating a sprint routine into your program.
0: Yep. Yep. And you can do it on different machines. I love the, um, what are those bikes called at the gym that kind of have the fan on the bottom the aerators?
1: The air, yeah. Airdyne, the Airdyne, Airdyne yeah. Used to be it used to be that. Yeah. yeah.
0: That gets my heart. I do a five minute and I, Go at base pace for thirty seconds and then I sprint for thirty seconds. Yeah. And five minutes I'm just like
1: <laughs> <And> you're, <laughs> toast. <laughs> no, you're toast, but but you're but you're pleasingly, pleasantly, refreshingly toast. Exactly. You're not like your day isn't shot because yep. you did it for an hour.
0: Yeah. And I used know. to think, you know, oh my gosh, if I did forty five minutes of cardio, that's awesome. You know, if I, yep. I my thinking was if I did anything under thirty minutes of cardio, I didn't get yeah, a good Yeah, it was a waste of time, you didn't get a good yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you
1: didn't Yeah, you, you you didn't qualify for the workout that yeah.
0: day. Yeah. So uh, can we back up to, to the diet part, you know, eat mostly animals and plants. What do you say to people who don't want to eat animal products for digestive or moral reasons? How do people that don't include animal products in their diet optimize their health?
1: I mean, it's doable. It's absolutely doable. I'm, you know, there are degrees of, um, of veganism or vegetarianism. Like I know a lot of people claim to be vegetarians who eat eggs and cheese and whey protein powders and things like that. So that makes their life really easy. That's a that's much more doable. You know, if you're a strict vegan and you're not eating any, any animal products, you just have to be pretty mindful about how you get your protein. There are now plant-based proteins, companies that make nothing but plant-based protein powders. So you can do it in the form of shakes, you know, and drinks and smoothies and things like that. So it's, it's totally doable. And, and, you know, I'm not going to dissuade anyone from Uh, from that approach if their heart is set on on staying that way Uh, i think in many cases um, it's what we don't eat that has the greatest health benefit more than what we do eat so not eating the industrial seed oils which no one in the paleo primal ancestral health world would eat soybean oil and i'm hoping because of the fat content that nobody in the vegan world would eat soy oil.
0: Well, and that's a big thing, even just soy in general. I know a lot of people that are eating a lot of soy products thinking they're being healthy and it's so much of soy products are genetically modified and engineered and they're not always our best choice.
1: Well, beyond that, soy just contains a lot of phytoestrogens which are not beneficial to men or women in levels above 10 or 15 grams a day and Mm. a a lot of vegetarians and vegans, you know, think that soy is the you know it's the, it's is god's gift and it's and it's not at those sorts of levels now you can do you can ferment ferment it uh, tremendously and get to some level of um a breakdown on those uh diazins, genisteins, the the phytoestrogens but the fact remains it's just a, it's not a very good quality source of protein mm. animal protein is the legitimate number one best source of amino acids and I think any nutritionist is going to is not going to argue with that. Uh, There's not to say that you can't accomplish it by mixing, you know, lentils and, you know, legumes and a little bit of grains and and vegetables if you're a vegetarian or a vegan. But it's just you uh, my point is you have to be mindful. You really have yeah. to be mindful that you're getting enough nutrition because it's easy to not do that and think, well, I don't eat animal products and so I'm going to be healthy as a result of that. But you've got a lot of work to do to be healthy if you choose not to eat animal products. And relying on some of the stuff that you pick up at the, at the health food store because it's labeled vegan isn't enough.
0: Right. Right. All right. So I sidetracked you. We've got um, – you were after, after Lift Heavy Things. What comes next?
1: Well, that was sp- then sprint. Sprint, once in a while. Okay. We talked yep. about that. And then sleep. I mean, sleep is one of the oh, most sleep, overlooked yes. of all of the health factors. I mean, you hear all the people talking about, well, I'll sleep when I'm dead or, you know, I don't, I, I get by fine on five hours. Nobody gets by on five, fine on five hours. Um, you might for a day or two or even a week or two, but it, it eventually catches up. Sleep is, is critically important. I suggest like a minimum of seven hours a night. I try to get eight, eight and a half. Um, no apologies for that. Um, value my sleep. I pr- I prepare my sleep with uh, you know. You've seen our master bedroom. We have mm-hmm. blackout mm-hmm. curtains. We've got um, we sleep on uh, my wife and I sleep on a chili pad. Oh, which is I a, love.
0: I've heard. I got to you know the harder Lori and Chris Harder told me about this too. I've got to get me one of these.
1: Yep. No, it's it's phenomenal, and it's a uh, it's a device that you put over your mattress and under your sheet. It's very thin; you can't even tell it's there. And it's um, it's a network of tubes, tubules, through which circulate water that has been chilled from a chiller underneath the bed. And you set the temperature for whatever you like. I sleep on 66 degree uh, surface every night. Carrie likes like a 68 or a 69 degree surface. Um, and it's you know, and it's amazing. It could be 100 degrees outside, no air conditioning, and you are just cool as a, as could be. Sleeping on this with, with, by the way, with a comforter on you in an otherwise warm room, because of the way this chili pad works, and um, you know it, it's been determined that there's an optimal sleep temperature, and it's about sixty-seven degrees in terms of room temperature. So a lot of people use, you know, an air conditioning device to bring their room temperature down to sixty-seven, uh, and then cover themselves up with with sleep, but uh, with, with sleep, with hopefully, with <laughs> sheets, with sheets. But if you look at our ancestors and that, that's the great concept of this chili pad, our ancestors slept on a cool ground covered with a skin or a fur or something like that. And that's what I'm recreating in my room, a cool bed, cool surface with a chili pad covered with a warm comforter or blanket or duvet cover, whatever, whatever we choose. To oh my do.
0: gosh, my birthday's coming up. I'm going to ask for this. <laughs>
1: I just actually like I like the product so much I just invested in the company and I'm now an advisor to the company. So full disclosure there. It's just been it's been a life changer for so many of my my friends, many of whom are are influencers. I mean Tim Ferriss just wrote about it in his book Tools of Titans and it was one of the most often cited sleep hacks that these captains of industry used as their uh you know their hack for getting ah, better sleep.
0: This is awesome. We'll have to reach out to them to okay. So, I, I echo on sleep that that's been a game changer for me when I really am focused on getting eight hours at night. I'm not on my computer or phone before bed, I have the blackout curtains. I my room is super dark, there's no TV or lights or anything in there, but I think I can take it to the next level with my chili pad. So, thanks for that.
1: Sure. Uh, and by the way, just to just to not to get a little bit too uh you know bizarre on this but i I travel with black electrician's tape and if i 'm in a hotel room that's got a a smoke alarm or a door you know mm-hmm. some one of those green lights that that goes on all night in the hotel room i'm i'm not a you know i'm not opposed to covering that up with some electrician's tape um, have to, so, sometimes i 'll check out a room in advance because the air conditioning the sound of the air conditioning has to be just right for me if it 's not just right I might have to move rooms i mean that 's how that's how critical I, I view sleep.
0: <laughs> well, it is. I mean, it makes a difference. It, and people think they can just catch up on sleep, like have no sleep during the week and then catch up on the weekends. And that's not yeah. how it works. You need consistent, good quality sleep.
1: And you know, you need a regular sleep time too. So, yep. people who are on uh, swing shifts are notoriously, um, you know, in in not as good health, shall we say, as people who who work sort of a regular shift and get go to bed by ten thirty or eleven and wake up six thirty or seven. Um but and then staying up late, you know, going out to parties, drinking, all that stuff has an impact on sleep. I know if I go out late, if somebody's invited me to a party, um and I'm having something to drink, it's typically gonna be red wine. And you know, I go home, I I don't sleep as well. The wine might wake me up at two or three o'clock in the morning, but worst of all, I still get up at six thirty because that's my that's my wakey time.
0: Yep. Yep, me too. That's why I like to be home by ten. Yep. (laughs) Wow, we're we're so exciting. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> All right. What else? What comes after sleep? We'll get through these uh, last ones.
1: <laughs> play. So it's important. Play is really important. And we just don't pay enough attention to it. We sort of relegate it to kids and children and whatever and think as adults, we don't deserve to play. But human brains are wired to engage in play on a regular basis. And again, hunter-gatherer societies, when you look at them even today, they might work 16 or 18 hours a week in their hunting and gathering but there are a lot of games. There's lots of storytelling. There's lots of singing and dancing and having fun and uh, playing drums and all of which falls under that uh, heading of play. Yeah. And we just are too serious so often. And, um, and it's, not, it's not only not good for our brains. It just makes for a boring life if you can't have some fun.
0: Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And if you're healthy, you can have even more fun because you're able to move around and laugh and, and not, no, for sure. For sure. I
1: mean, and for me, like, I mean, you know, I have my weekly ultimate game. Uh, I play a two hour game of ultimate Frisbee have every Sunday for the last 13 years. It's probably the best workout I get all week too, by the way, because it's a lot of sprinting, but it's totally play for me. It's Mm -hmm. totally fun. It's, it's, you know, I look forward to it all week. I'm sad. I'm even if we've, you know. lost i'm I'm sad when it's over, but I'm glad that we had you know a great game um because it's just fun, and every point is is hotly contested and and everyone who plays and this is the great part probably the best part about it a lot of the guys who play and they range in age literally from ten or twelve years old to teenagers to college kids to twenty somethings up to fifty and sixty. I'm probably the oldest guy there but um even the forty or fifty years old, fifty year olds who show up will say it's the most fun they have all week. Mm, and oh, I love to hear that because they're having fun. It's also a little bit sad, like okay, if this is the most fun you have all week, then what what's going on? <laughs> you know that you're not having fun otherwise. <laughs>
0: right, but at least they're finding it there, yep. which is great. So play, have fun, and that's that's the great thing about an active lifestyle is you don't have to you know, just pull yourself to the gym four times a week if you're living a playful, active lifestyle. So find find ways to incorporate play, find ways to incorporate movement. What else, Mark? Because there's two uh, there's two quick other topics I want to dive into before okay, we wrap so up. So
1: get, get adequate sunlight. We touched upon that a little bit earlier, um, but I think people should get, you know, 10 or 15 minutes of unprotected sun every day if they're in a place that, that that's Possible I mean most of the country and at least the u s it's not possible and particularly in the wintertime, but to the extent that you can be out in the sun and not get burned um, that's going to be good for you uh, f- not just for your vitamin D but for your mood mm-hmm. um, i mean i take a I take a sun break just about every day around one o'clock and just go out and i get i actually take a dip in my pool and then air dry on that day bed I know you know you 've seen my day bed mm-hmm. it's pretty Pretty spectacular if I do say so myself.
0: It is spectacular. Your whole backyard, yep. your whole house is spectacular.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um number nine would be avoid stupid mistakes. Uh that kind of goes without saying, but that's wear your seatbelt, wear a helmet. Uh, you know, don't take unnecessary risk. Don't drink while driving, don't smoke cigarettes. These are the things that, you know, that again, they almost go without saying, except, you know, un- until you screw up and and, yep. and get caught doing one of those things and, and pay the price. So it's really just being about mindful, about being mindful in your life and making the sorts of decisions that, uh, you won't regret. Um, and that, you know, like not jumping off the edge of your roof into a pool because somebody dared you to, you know, right. right?
0: Especially while drinking.
1: Yeah, exactly. exactly. And the final thing, and and it's, you know, it's, it's use your brain, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because we are, At we we talked you and I talked about this a couple weeks ago, but humans are thought machines. You know, we're just basically a human being is a life support system for a thought machine that exists from the neck up. And Mm so we need to um, we need to keep working that muscle that is the brain. We need to use our brains uh, to stay focused, to stay on top of things, to um, to be more productive, um, to work through uh, problems, and. So with that in mind, I suggest a hobby, uh, play a musical instrument, uh, learn a new trade. I, I mean I, my my thing is I do puzzles every day. I do uh, – there are seven puzzles in the L.A. Times and I try to do them all uh, within say 20 minutes. Wow. Uh, yeah. So that would be the the jumble, uh, two uh, sudokus, two Kens and the crossword. I guess that's six but um, – yeah, and my record is 17 minutes com- zipping through all of them.
0: Jeez. But,
1: yeah, but I mean, it's just my thing, and I'm pretty good at it now. But, um, you know, people have other, you know, Rubik's Cube, uh, you know, challenges, and uh, certainly some of the um, online games you can play. There are a lot of these uh, brainiac type IQ builder games that are on computer now that you could spend a little bit of time doing. I mean, I, you know, there's some of these wordsmith games you play on your phone, build a word. Uh, lots of lots of ways to um, to your brain. you know, t- to use your brain and 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 turn it into a little bit of a distraction or a hobby, and it can be very meditative as well.
0: Well, and one of the ways that you use your brain is you solve problems. And instead of just complaining about the food products that are out there, you actually created a line of food products so that people could have access to to healthy options. So, can you talk a little bit about Primal Kitchen, please?
1: Sure. So. I've been writing about food for in, on my blog, Mark's Daily Apple, for uh, 11 years uh, and realized a couple of years ago, wait a minute, I'm writing about food. I'm writing about how to make your own bone broth and render your own lard and uh, build a salad and all these um, great recipes that we post every Saturday. But but sometimes what's needed is a healthy dressing or a healthy sauce. And not everybody has the time to make a salad dressing every time they make a salad or you know, make, uh, make a mayonnaise on their own because there are no good mayonnaise choices in any of the health food stores. So we set about to create a line of products that were healthy uh, sauces, dressings, and toppings. And our first product was the Primal Kitchen mayo. Uh, we launched it about two and a half years ago. And it's just taken off. It's the number 1 best-selling condiment in all of Whole Foods. Um it's the top uh, condiment on thrivemarket.com. It's the number 1 best-selling mayonnaise today on Amazon. Uh and, bec- and and for good reason because it's healthy. The more mayonnaise you put on your food with our product, the healthier the meal becomes. And it's, it's made-
0: delicious.
1: I think so. Oh, it's, it's made so with, good. It's, it's made with uh with avocado oil, uh which is the healthiest of all the oils. It's made with organic cage-free eggs, organic vinegar from non-GMO beets, uh, rosemary extract, a little bit of sea salt. And yeah, it's it's pretty spectacular. And then we have a flavored version, uh, the chipotle lime mayo, which is great on fish and on uh, burgers and things like that. Uh, and then we, we segued uh, or expanded into salad dressings. Uh, last year. So we have five salad dressings. Again, the dressings are all based on an avocado oil base. So there's no other oil in there except avocado oil. And then functional food. So we have a a non-dairy ranch dressing. We have a green goddess. Uh, most green goddesses that you'll find have soy in them. We mm-hmm. have zero soy in there. Uh, we have um, a Caesar, a classic creamy Caesar, uh, a honey mustard, vinaigrette, and a Greek vinaigrette. And the Greek vinaigrette is pretty Pretty pungent because we use a lot of oregano in this, so oil of oregano. I love them yeah.
0: all. I love them all. And then you've got your bars.
1: And the bars. So one of my pet peeves for myself, again, I make a lot of my products because I recognize um, an opening in the marketplace and I wished there was a product like that, but there wasn't. Uh, I cured a bad case of Achilles tendinosis about four years ago by supplementing with collagen. Started eating a lot of collagen. But there weren't many good choices of where I could get it. Bone broth, for sure. That's the reason bone broth is so big right now. People recognize how, how that's a great delivery system for collagen. But I'm not someone who would drink bone broth, you know, three times a day, every day. Um, and then there were some dry powders. So we created a bar, a collagen delivery system, the Primal Kitchen bar. We have a, a dark chocolate almond bar, uh, a, a coconut cashew bar. Um, a macadamia sea salt bar and a chocolate hazelnut bar and these all deliver about eight to nine grams of collagen per bar which is more than you'd get in a cup of bone broth oh and by the way they taste pretty damn good yeah they do
0: they do yeah Yeah. all your stuff is amazing so guys check it out primal kitchen you can find it on amazon you can find it in whole foods it's it's really all over just to see how fast this has grown is is really reassuring to me because it's showing us that people want these healthier options. More and more people are becoming educated about, about health, um, which brings me to the final thing I wanted to talk to you about, health education. One of the ways that you and I get to work together is on the Primal Health Coach Certification Program. So it was what a year, a year and a half ago, or maybe even two years that you decided to launch the Primal Health Coach certification program, where you train people how to become certified Primal Health Coaches. Could you share a
1: little bit about that? Sure. Well, it was actually five years ago. Five years ago. Oh, we decided no, because here's what happened. We decided to launch this training program. Um, It its first iteration was a. a Primal Blueprint expert certification, it took two and a half years to build the program. So when I say we decided five years ago, there were two and a half years of actually creating the program before we launched it. So we launched the expert certification about two and a half years ago. It met with with overwhelming support and success. And it's a great, great education. I mean, you really learn, take a deep, deep dive into health and nutrition and lifestyle factors that we just touched on briefly today. Uh, with the idea that you become an expert in that. but enough people finished the course and said, "I'd like to make a living doing this. I think this is great information." We had, uh, I mean, periodontists, uh, dentists, uh, chiropractors, physicians, uh, RNs, LPNs take the course and say this is going to be a perfect addition to my training as uh, as a health practitioner uh, because now I can talk to real people about real diets and what they actually what they actually need to do. So we added. Um, starting about a year ago, we started – we added this coaching module of which you have been an integral part. And I'm thrilled to have you as my partner in that part of the business. It's been spectacular. So now people can sign up to take the Primal Health Coach course. Uh, it's 13 modules of deep dive nutrition and lifestyle education based on the science. Each of those modules has a test that you must pass in order to move on to the next module. It's not an easy – it's not an easy course. Uh, By any stretch, Um, and then once you finish the that that um, knowledge part, then there is the coaching part, which is based on uh, learning how to work with clients one on one, how to um, you know ask the right kind of questions, how to uh, encourage clients based on their background and where they're coming from, how to turn uh, how to enroll people, which is you know I know one of the specialties that you have, and how to how to take those enrollment processes and turn objections into coachable moments and 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 leave uh the potential client whether or not they signed up leave them at a better place for having spent time with you uh and then ultimately how to build a business because this is really what we're trying to do i want to leverage my knowledge and what i've created with this i call it technology but uh, i want to get as many people as possible understanding the power that we have as people to change our health based on the choices that we make. Uh and so I want to empower coaches to be able to work one on one with people and and again allow them to have those sorts of aha moments and insights as to maybe why what they've been doing hasn't been working and how this might be a better approach. And so um we are, you know, we you and I just had an amazing
0: yeah, it was weekend. awesome um, awesome. the, mas-
1: the master class. We had 32 people come from around the, cu- around the world. I was going to say around the country, but they did come from around the world. And, um, you know, the feedback we got was spe- really spectacular. They really enjoyed the program. They got all fired up about the business opportunities that are out there. Uh, and so I can't, I really can't wait to get, uh, to get going on future events like this and to, to build this, um, this, collection, I, I would say army, but you know, this group of people who are totally focused on changing people's lives yeah. and are passionate about it and wake up with purpose every morning and uh, and are and are literally changing the world one person at a time. Yeah.
0: And that's what's really happening. A lot of people that listen to the show are coaches or aspiring coaches. Um, some are specifically health coaches. And I'll say to all of them what I said to the people at the retreat and what I often say in the primal health coaching training is There are billions and billions of people in the world and health is a massive problem we have to solve because there's so much misinformation. A lot of people don't have access to the kind of things we have access to. So if you are a coach of any kind, please keep doing your work. If you're interested in becoming a health coach, check out the Primal Health Coach Certification Program. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. It is, and one of the many reasons I decided to, to partner up with Mark and and Primal is I know it works. Well, one, Mark, you and I have known each other for a long time and you walk the talk and you have so much integrity and you have strong opinions, but you back them up with a lot of research. <laughs> yes. So it's one thing to have strong opinions. It's another thing it. to back them up with a lot of research. Um And you're committed to empowering people and not not prescribing a restricted diet and exercise plan, but really teaching people to take control of their health and know that they can change it. So if you feel called at all to become a health coach, check it out because it is a great program that really will teach you and set you up to, to launch your coaching business. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Mark, of course, I could talk to you for hours. You dropped so much wisdom on people. How can people connect with you more, learn more?
1: Uh, well, uh, com is my blog and that's really where um, I put forth my my, my greatest opinions, uh, 4,000 articles over the last 11 years. Woo! Uh, yeah, it's a lot of articles. And uh, and then based on the feedback I get from visitors to that site, I can refine those opinions. I can defend them. I can toss them aside, although that rarely happens, I have to say. And um, and then primalblueprint.com is the is our e site where you can check into uh, a lot of our uh, products, including the Primal Kitchen products. And you can link to primalhealthcoach.com from there or you can go straight to primalhealthcoach.com and not to you know to confuse issues any more than we already have but we have a bunch of restaurants that are opening right now uh, primalkitchenrestaurants.com and we have one in south bend indiana that's open uh, one in Culver city that is going to be open in the next 2 weeks and anybody who's interested in um, looking into owning uh, a primal kitchen restaurant franchise we have primalkitchenrestaurants.com with a lot of information there yeah we're trying to we're trying to come at this from a lot of different angles yes. christine
0: yes <laughs> Good thing you're doing all those crossword puzzles. Got to keep that brain fresh. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a lot going on. That's why
1: I limit myself to 20 minutes too.
0: <laughs> well, thank you, Mark. Thank you for your friendship, your mentorship, for the work that you do, for the role model that you are for so many people I know you have really impacted thousands mi- millions maybe of people's lives in in a really positive way and you do it with so much heart and so much joy and i'm just i'm really proud and honored to be in your circle and thank you so much for coming on this podcast and sharing your wisdom with us
1: truly my pleasure and um Much gratitude for you for your participation in the Primal Health Coach Program and everything else that you do, by the way, because you've been doing this for a long time since I've known you and very successfully. And um, I think you're just doing great things in the world.
0: Awesome! Thanks, Mark. Thanks, everybody, for listening.